If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to John. We're going to be going through the book of John a whole lot because the, the I am's of Jesus Christ are found in, in the book of John itself. So if you have it, open it up to John. We're actually going to be in chapter 6, so that's where we're going to spend a lot of time tonight. We're going to go through a whole lot of verses, uh, but just hang in there. It's, it's going to be good. Chapter 6 is where we're going to be at, be at in the book of John. I want to give you a little setting, uh, kind of set up the stage a little bit as to where we're at in this enormous Bible, um, what's, what's kind of happened, and specifically in the book of John, what's happening during this time frame. Okay, the book of John was written by the youngest apostle. Uh, uh, his name was, can you guess? John, okay. The book of John was written by the youngest apostle. His name was John, and the setting was 90-ish, about 90-ish A.D., and so Jesus has already come, he's already, he's already been on earth, and he has, has died, he's risen from the dead, and John is still alive. He was one of the youngest disciples, apostles at that time. So now we, we come to the book of John, and um, he is pinning this. And when he's pinning this, I want us to keep in mind that this is a first account. This is like an in-person, John was with Jesus. So this isn't like someone writing about someone that's written or written. This is John who's actually walked with Jesus. Uh, he was, because he was young when Jesus was around, he was given the title um, Son of Thunder. What do you think that says about John? Son of Thunder. What does that say a little bit about his character? Maybe because he was young or whatever. He, he was full of life. Like he was vibrant. He was passionate. And later, as he matured through life, uh, he's given kind of another title, and the title of that is Apostle of Love. And so how do you go from, from Son of Thunder to Apostle of Love? I think there's a lot of maturing that happens and all that. And something that's kind of neat that, that is kind of statistical is John was given a great honor. And that great honor was when Jesus died, he said, John, I want you to watch after my mom, Mary. And so John, think about that. This is, a, this is a like first account John is writing, and it's not from afar off. It is very close and very personal. So here's, here's where we're at in the book of John. I want to set up really the, verse, the first 35 verses, if I can. We're going to kind of land in verse 35. But, but what's happened into this point is this, okay? Jesus, if you're familiar with this book at all, Jesus is, is on a hillside. And because Jesus is performing all these miracles and healing all these people, people start coming to him from all over the place to the, to the point of 5,000 people are on a hillside. And Jesus is looking at him and his disciples say, how are we going to feed all these people? And if you know this story, what happens is Jesus takes five loaves and two fish and he does this incredible miracle and he feeds 5,000 people with just that. Then right after that, uh, Jesus says, okay, we have a problem. There's so many people coming. They're pressing in. We need to take a break. So, so Jesus sends the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. He sends them out, and John, or Jesus goes, and he isolates himself to spend time alone with his God, with, G, with God. And so what happens is next is, and in, 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 I'm kind of giving you a, a synopsis, a quick flyby here. In the book of Luke, this is where the story of, of Peter and the disciples are on the Sea of Galilee. And if, and if you've been in Sunday school, you'll know this story. If not, it's kind of cool. The wind comes up. It's going crazy. And Jesus starts walking on water to this boat. 
and, and Peter gets so excited, he jumps out and starts walking on water and then takes his eyes off of Jesus and, and Peter starts sinking down and, and, and it's not a good scenario. Jesus saves him and says, don't, don't, don't take your eyes off of me, look for me. And then the next day, what happens is they end up in Capernaum. Okay, so did I do an okay job just kind of flying by the first 35 verses? This is what I want you to know. The day before, Jesus fed 5,000 people and he fed them bread. Now, he's in Capernaum. And this is all we need to know at this point, okay? I want you to write this down. And if you're following on, on your U version, it's on there as well. But Jesus was fully in the then, and he's fully in our now. Jesus is fully in the then, and he's fully in our now. What I mean by that is Jesus. Picture this. He just fed 5,000 people. People are chasing him to Capernaum. And he's teaching them a lesson in these verses that we're about to go through. So he's teaching them right then what's happening. But this message and this, and, the, and this teaching that's happening is not only for them, but it's for us right now. So as we go through all these verses, we can see and we can, and we can understand what Jesus was teaching them then. But I want us to really look through the eyes of right now. What does that mean for us right now? Because Jesus was fully there and he's fully here right now. What he did then and what he was teaching the disciples then plays into our existence right now. So go to John chapter 6. We're going to go to verse 25, okay? The day before, he fed 5,000 people. Now he's in Capernaum, and all these people are, are chasing him to find him. And in verse 26... They've asked him, Jesus, when, when did you get here? How did you get here? And in verse 26, Jesus answers and says, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. You ate the loaves and had your fill. And so the people are chasing Jesus to Capernaum. Why are they chasing him? Because they ate loaves the day before and they had their fill. Now, I like those three words, had their fill, because it says something very specific about Jesus. It says, if, if we have something that, that we need, some, some deep desire, Jesus, in essence, is teaching us, and we're going to see a little bit later, that Jesus is the answer to that. He's, he's introducing us by function, by what he does, and by action. He fed 5,000 people yesterday, and so today, he has a platform to point back to and say, you're coming to me because you ate and I gave you food. And not only that, you ate till you were full. That's why you're chasing me. That's what he's saying in verse 20, um, 26. So picture this. We're there. Jesus fed 5,000 people yesterday. Today, we finally found him. And this is kind of how Jesus works. It would be like uh, two guys coming up to Jesus and one of them saying, oh, this is Jesus, the guy I was talking about. The guy that yesterday fed me uh, food till I was full. And the friend goes, oh, you're Jesus. Like, like he's trying to relate to people. How do you relate Jesus? How do you relate God? An infinite thing, something that has created all eternity. How do you relate that to us as humans? It's very hard. So Jesus at this point is taking his function of feeding and he's teaching us who he is. I want to talk a little bit about Project Salt. 
and, and kind of why we're here in Greeley. There's three things, and if you have on, on your seat, there was these black cards, and on those cards, there's three words at the end, be, do, and be. Be, do, and be. And I think these words are extremely important for us today because it sets us up to what I think God really has for us. The first B is a moment in our lives when we, ha- when we have to find our identity, not in who we are, but who God's created us to be. It's the moment where we, we become Christians and we surrender to Jesus Christ. The second one is, is the do. Do. Do is why we're here in Greeley. We're here to feed people. We're here to, to work the soil as we talked about last week. We're here to actually use the gifts that God's given us and share hope into a people that need hope. And the third B is, because we love God and we do, the third B is we have to find our identity and who He is and who He says we are and be completely content with that. Now, I, I tell you that for, for a very specific reason. I'll, I want to make an illustration up here, okay? Here's a, little, here's a little sandwich. Since we're talking about food, we're going to tie it in here. And here's some ham. What I'd like us to think about is this, okay? This is B. A loaf of, a, uh, one part of this, this sandwich is B. The moment where God says, man, I love you. And you surrender your life to him. That's awesome. And he says, because you've done that, now we have this do. I'm going to go ahead and put it over here. Where I've gifted you. I want you to go tell others about me. I want you to do incredible things for me, which is great. But we can't end there. We have to, at the end of every day, be very content being who we are, being who God's created us to be. See, to have a sandwich any other way, that's, that's kind of half a sandwich. If, if we just go and serve the world and, and do all this wonderful stuff, then, then it's kind of, it's not even complete. What we need at, at the end is, uh, it's kind of weird, but make a do sandwich. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really what, what, we, what we need to think about here. And I'm going to illustrate that a little bit in these verses, okay? Uh, for us right now, what does that mean? I mean? We've talked about a lot of stuff already. What, what does that mean right now for us in the now? Jesus is saying, come to me. If you're in need, come to me. I can fill you. If you are depressed, come to me. Because I can heal you and I can comfort you. Are you empty? Are you battling depression? Are you alone? What, what are you right now? What's going on in you right now? What I have for you is life. And I can be the answer to absolutely everything that you're going through. I want us to look at function for a second. This do part of this sandwich. Because without the do, we're just a bunch of B. And this isn't a very good sandwich, right? And without the, the B, we're just a do. And, and that's, that's really bad. Uh, so I want us to look at this function part of who we are. Because we're going for this. Greeley and, and the world right now has a very practical thing that I think we can help with. And I want to I show a video right now uh, because it's talking about Greeley in general and something that I want to present to us that we can, we can do to actually show people the love of God. So if you will, go ahead and, and look at this video for a second. 
my unemployment ran out a month ago and um, no more extensions and it's it's good food I mean fresh vegetables it's and you know the whole grain breads it's it's a blessing that we have this I didn't realize what it was like to be on the other end of the table until I was there myself my stomach starts hurting and I don't like eat and sometimes we can't have lunch feels like my belly is growling at me it's muy difícil saber de que los niños pues ellos piden comida tienen tengo hambre necesito comer difícil para uno de padres decirle no hay que comer es muy difícil Feeding America, they're a great, great group, and they've been doing great work for a long time. A can of tuna for a lot of people is not a big deal, but it can mean a whole lot to a mother struggling to feed her kids. Everyone has food banks in their communities. A group of people can come together and feed thousands of kids. There's nothing in the world that makes you feel better about yourself than giving, and giving for the right reasons. I'm down, but I'm not out and I won't give up. Feeding America works specifically with the Weld County uh, Food Bank. And I, and I say that because, because of this. What happened in the, in the passage we were just looking at? Jesus fed 5,000 people. Because he fed 5,000 people, they chase him. Because they chase him, the verses we're about to look at He's able to speak life into them. If we at Project Salt, or we as, as Christians, are about just being good, happy Christians, what do we have? We don't have a whole lot. We've got to focus on who we are in Christ, what he's asked us to be and asked us to do, and we actually have to do something about that and being content with who God says we are. So I want you to write down, write down this date, okay? February 11th. February 11th from, one, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. I want you to come hungry, as in don't eat breakfast. And I, I, we're not going to eat lunch because you're going to leave hungry as well. So February 11th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., we're going to go around. And, and we're going to go from door to door because it's really awkward and we're going to knock on people's doors and we're going to ask them we're going to ask them for donations for food because as we've already seen Greeley itself has a massive problem if kids aren't eating we have a problem don't we if parents can't feed kids we have a problem don't we now we can't solve the hunger issue of Greeley but we can really do our part 
and we can say as a body of Project Salt, we're going to move together to do our part to try to feed some kids and try to feed some families, adults. It doesn't matter. If someone's hungry, they need food. Because Jesus already shows us that when you feed physical people, when you feed them food, what happens the next day? They chase him down and they want more. Write this down. Food is, a, is basic to physical life. If you don't have food, you die. We get that. God is basic to spiritual life. God is basic to spiritual life. If you don't have God, what do you have? Food is a physical representation of a spiritual truth. What does that mean? That means if you're hungry, what does your stomach do? It growls. You hurt. If you're like me, you get bitter. You get in a bad mood because you're hungry. I think God gave us that to teach us a spiritual truth. And the spiritual truth is this. We need God every single day. As we need food, our body does. Our spirit needs God every single day. I want us to jump to verse 27 in these verses, okay? Jump to verse 27. What's happened right now is Jesus fed them. They chased him down. They said, where were you? He said, uh, you looked me because I fed you. We get to verse 27. And he says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures um, to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed the seal of approval. And in verse 27, what happens? Jesus goes from feeding and people needing that food to people chasing him down. And then Jesus turns a corner and says, it's time for the real stuff. And he's very bold. He speaks here and he says, I gave you food. That food spoils. Don't chase that. Don't chase that. Chase after something that doesn't spoil. I wonder for us in our lives, as he, was, as he was teaching that to the people, they were getting that. I wonder for us in our lives what that means for us today. A lot of us would probably claim to be Christians, to be followers of Jesus Christ in this place. If that's the case, then we have found a joy that's unspeakable. Like we have found something something that gives us purpose and hope and meaning. And if that's the case, are we walking around silently? Or are we being bold? Are we doing, are we serving Christ? If it's in us, it's in us. And I want, to, I want you to ask that question today. Are you doing everything that you can? Are you standing up for truth? Or are you being passive? Think about your week. Think about conversations that you have. And think about the example Jesus just gave us. He fed 5,000 people. They come and they chase after him, and he's not passive. He runs, and he runs right at them. And he says, oh, no, no. You don't need food that spoils. What you need is truth. Verse 28. Are you tracking? Are you tracking? Okay, all right, verse 28. Then Jesus asked him, Oh, then they ask him, sorry, what must we do to do the works God requires? Are you seeing what's happening right here? They ask him immediately after Jesus says, okay, 
I fed you, you chase after me because I, I fed you, that's great, and you've got to chase after food that doesn't spoil, and they're like, yeah, 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 I get that, but God, what do we got to do? What do we, what do we got to do here? Like, just give us this, because, because we want to do something. And he's like, are you serious? Like, I just, I just told you that you're not supposed to chase after something like that that spoils, but you're, you're supposed to chase after something that never spoils. See, what happened right here is, is they're stuck on the immediate, like, I got to do something. Okay, let's go to verse 29. Verse 29, Jesus answered, the work of God is this, is to believe in the one he has sent. So he's saying, okay, if the only thing that you can understand is this doing thing, because you just asked me about that, I'm going to give you something to do. You know what you need to do? You need to believe. You need to believe. You need to believe in me. And he puts it back to this again. He says, this is what it's about. He says, it's about having a relationship with me. It's about finding out who I am. This is what it's about. This doesn't spoil. I don't spoil. I like that. Go to verse 30. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you, what's that next word? Do. What will you do? Like, they're just not getting it. They're just not getting it. Can can, can you kind of put yourself in their shoes? Like, they just saw a miracle yesterday. 5,000 people fed. Now they're chasing after him, and they keep asking him, what must we do? And Jesus is probably thinking, okay, what more do you need? Like, I've given you a lot of miracles already. What more do you need? Let's go to verse 33. Verse 33. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He says it gives life to the world. Something starts clicking in the people right here because in the very next verse, verse 34, they say, we want that. And so Jesus finally is able to start getting through to the people that are there and they say, we want that. So we come to verse 35 and this is what we've been aiming at, okay? Then Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He's saying, okay, can you get this? fed you. You chase after me. I told you truth. And I'm saying it's not about food that spoils, but it's about having a relationship with me. I am the bread of life. I am the answer to everything that you're going through. What happens in these next verses, to speed it up, is Jesus then goes through and tries to explain more about who he is until we get to verse 42. Verse 42, they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Here's the problem. They don't recognize Jesus. Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. You come to me. I will give you everything that you need. And they just don't get it. The only thing that they can see is, isn't this the guy whose father we know? He came from that area. I wonder if that's us today. I think that could be a lot of our problems. Is sometimes we just don't get it. Jesus is saying, 
I want you to live in this fear, this fear of trusting me and knowing me. But us, because we're human, because we've been on this earth, we say we can operate in this sphere, the world we live in, the practical things that we can touch. And he's saying, I understand that, but I want you to operate in this fear. I want you to trust me. I want you to think in a different way. I want you to think on a different level. I want you to operate in a different sphere. I don't want you to continually chase after food that's going to spoil. And I don't want you to find your identity in what you're doing, but I want you to find your identity into who you are right here. And chase after me, for I am God. I can give you everything that you're missing. Are you hungry? Come to me. Are you hurting? Come to me. Do you need love? Come to me. And he's trying to speak in a language that we as humans can understand. When we eat, here's a fact about food. When we eat, we ingest foreign food. The food's not part of us, right? It's grown somewhere else. Every day we ingest this foreign thing. The cool thing about our bodies is that through this whole assimilating process our body goes through, that foreign thing turns into our physical body. Right? Our food, or our body takes in that food. So I want you to draw a line in your notes, or mentally draw a line, and I want to ask you this question right here. This is the bottom line question. Are you relying on God for your everything? Are you going to him for everything? Because if we, in essence, eat of God, our body becomes his. Just like foreign food is ingested and becomes part of us, Jesus is saying, don't spend your time on that Focus on me. Study who I am. Change your character to be more like me because I love you. Food is basic to the physical life, and God is basic to spiritual life. Our relationship for food from this point forward should change. The way we think of food, the way we interact with food, should literally change. The next time you're hungry, the next time you skip a meal, the next time your stomach growls, I want you to think about, am I hungry and chasing after God with the same passion I chase for food? What happens to me spiritually if I don't eat of God and I don't spend time with him? What happens? The same thing happens to us spiritually as it, as it does physically. If we don't eat, we die. That should change the way that we view physical hunger in this earth. That's why we're going to go and actually collect food and feed people that are hungry because it gives us an opportunity to share with them and to be bold with them and to say, okay, are you, are you full now? Good, Jesus loves you. It should change the way that we pray before we eat. Like, I don't know, sometimes in our family, we get in a quick little, God, thank you for this food, we love you, amen. Shove it in. If we're really, really serious about this, it changes it. 
Because we can thank God that we have food. There's a lot of people that don't. But more importantly, we can thank God because spiritually, he's made us alive. It's not a light thing. And we don't tread lightly on that. Today, I want us to um, invite us to partake of the Lord's Supper for the very first time uh, for, for Project Salt. I thought it was, it was very appropriate as we're talking about the bread of life and Jesus being our everything that we would partake of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is a time when Jesus, right before he, he goes to the cross and dies, he's sitting with his disciples and he takes a loaf of bread and he rips it and he teaches them a spiritual truth about bread. And he says, take this and eat of me. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he pours wine and, and he says, I want you to take and drink this and do this in remembrance of me. So I'm going to ask us all to stand up. I'm going to ask Jeremy to come up here um, and, and play some music for us. And, and I want to pray for us. In the, in the very back here, we have um, bread and we have grape juice. And I ask you to spend this time with God. Maybe some of us are so busy right now, we're not focused on who God is. If that's you, I would encourage you, slow down tonight. And ask yourselves the deep question of, are you spending time with God, clinging to Him like you cling to the physical food to stay alive? And when, when we go back, what we'll do is we'll just go back in, in a single line or whatever to the back table. When we go back there, I want you to pray the whole time. And I want you just to thank God that he has given you life, that he's given you food, that he's given you purpose, that he's given you spiritual meaning, that he's given you joy. And all while, do it in remembrance of God and thank him for the sacrifice that he's made for us dying on a cross for us giving us hope giving us a future and not do it lightly but do it as, as we look to the face of our king God thank you for today God I thank you honestly that you're the bread of life and that we eat, and if we eat of you, we're full. And that when we're hurting, we can come to you. God, thank you for dying for us, sacrificing for us. Thank you for giving us hope. Thank you for being our everything. In your name we pray. Go ahead. Um, there's bread and there's juice back there. If you, if you want to go back there and, and grab one of each, maybe you'll go off and pray and thank God for what he's done in your life. And I'd encourage you to do that.
If you want to sit in your chair, whatever's most comfortable for you, um, please go ahead and do that. Make this a very special moment between you and God.